All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guest is Austin Alexander, creator, fitness enthusiast, and veteran. He's the founder of AMA Marketing and The Battle Bunker. He's based in California, where he's a digital media producer, host, entrepreneur, fitness enthusiast, and Navy veteran. He grew up in Florence, Alabama, where he dropped out of college to join the Navy in 2013, and where he spent seven years as a Naval Security Officer, Emmy, working in Harbor Patrol. He merged his passions for fitness and video and founded AMA Marketing in 2017 during his time in the Navy. Shortly after the Navy, he pursued this full-time, producing commercials, social media shows and fitness videos for YouTube, Snapchat, Facebook and other social media channels. And now, let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure to to follow you on social media and now to connect with you. For people who maybe don't recognize the name, could you give a quick introduction? Yes, I am uh, just turned 30 this year. Name's Austin Alexander from a small town, Florence, Alabama. Very small population there compared to where I live now, which is in the Los Angeles area, Simi Valley, California to be exact. My whole life started pretty much when I was like 24, 25. You know, I was a few years into the Navy and I just wanted to, to better myself and I, I made it an obsession and my mission to, to get better physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. And here I am today. Love it. Now you were started off with current events in school, making videos, you yeah. know, you've created your own stuff. Um, do you think you're always predestined to be a content creator or was it only in the military it really ignited the belief you could do as a, a career? Uh, I don't think I was destined to do this now at all. You know, um, there aren't a lot of people who step out of the box where I'm from. And I think it was the military. Well, I know it was the military that allowed me to become more self uh, dependent or independent. And it made me believe that, you know, you can do anything and anything is possible. And, and it took me a few years in the Navy to even realize that as I become, as I, as I became more and more independent, I, I believe that I can do anything. So I said, this is what I want. I'm going to go for it. And you've certainly had a phenomenal career. I mean, you've got one of the most amazing jobs I've ever seen, but I was really surprised you had one of your own fitness transformations. You know, you said when you were wanting to go in and, you know, go towards the Navy SEALs before you did the diving, et cetera, that you actually taught yourself to swim using YouTube. How did that come about, that whole fitness transition? Have you always been interested in fitness? 
Not really. No, it started when my brother started working out and I saw his transformation and I wanted the same for myself. I actually used to just make fun of him for spending his time working out. I said, you know, you're only doing it to impress other people. And this was probably when I was 17 or 18. And I saw his transformation and he kept trying to get me on board. He said, you know, do a P90X workout with me. Come to the YMCA and work out with me. And I just thought it was dumb for like the first year or two. And then I realized a a change in him. You know, he became stronger. He became more confident. And I said, you know what? I will go to the gym with you. So Hmm. it all started in the YMCA gym in Florence, Alabama. We went in for a workout and I never let up, never stopped going. So, I mean, to teach yourself to swim, though, using that and, you know, to, to go to the gym to get yourself to that fitness thing, what did you find certain hacks that you thought, like, that have stayed with you that you kind of want to get out to people? Is, or do you just want people to make fitness part of their life, like part of a system, just to be Yeah, no, it, 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 if it's not already ingrained in you or part of your system, you have to jump over a bunch of mental barriers that try to prevent you from being there. So my journey started just trying to look better. I didn't care about feeling better. I just wanted to have big arms. Um, <laughs> Me and, too. Fairly miserably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I don't, I don't think your biceps can ever get, you know, big enough. So I guess it's a, it's a constant <laughs> mission for us guys, especially, but it started just lifting weights, didn't do cardio, didn't swim. And two years later, when I decided to join the Navy, I said, okay, I really have to step it up. I have to get into cardio shape. I have to start running. I have to start doing pull-ups. And the most important thing of all going into dive is swimming. So for me, setting that deadline of, hey, I'm leaving December 4th, it was a big, it, it, it put the pressure on me. You know, you, you got to for people out there that aren't in the gym consistently, you have to give yourself specific goals. You can't just say, I want to lose weight. You have to say, I want to lose 10 pounds by September 14th. And here's how I'm going to do it. So that's what I did. And it kind of taught me that setting specific goals is worth so much more than setting just goals that aren't specific. So set specific goals and on your path to get there, you're going to have to jump through some mental mental roadblocks. Your the body likes to stay comfortable. The mind likes to stay comfortable. So mm-hmm. naturally we are we want to say oh I don't want to go for the run. I just want to stay in bed and be comfortable or I don't want to go for the the afternoon workout because I'm tired and my energy's low. You 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 have to shut it off and you just have to do it. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. You know, it's that motivation. I mean, do you think that was part of why you went, ended up going into, I, I want to say the military, but I don't know, is that offensive to the Navy people? Do you, do you like to be call it the Navy instead of the military? Oh, um, no. I mean, the, the Navy's a branch of the military. You know, you can say either or. Because I never know how much I insult people. Like I've had spec ops and all these search on, and I'm always thinking, do I just call it the blanket term or do I avoid it? Um, yeah. I mean, you said you wanted to join up because you were getting fed up of cutting grass and making pizzas and that sort of thing. And you wanted the financial independence. Do you think, was that the first time you had a mission in your life? Was that the first time that you kind of had a, a focus, a drive and goal setting? 
Yeah, it was. It was the first time that I was involved with a team. It was the first time that I was doing something that was bigger than myself. And I knew that in the military, you know, if you don't hold up your own, then people are going to start disliking you and, and you're going to probably get into some trouble. So keeping that team aspect, it was a huge part, huge part for Mm -hmm. me. And still in my life today, I love to work with people that I'm friends with and that I get along with. And now being self-employed, I have the luxury of doing that, working with people that I enjoy working with. Because you said you had this sort of impulsive personality. You know, you just decided on a whim to sign up after reading a couple of leaflets. Did you struggle with that when you went into the military and they were kind of controlling if you went, when you ate, slept, shit, etc.? Because I've got friends that have gone in to learn to be more disciplined. Do you, did it teach you certain behavioral hacks that you still use today? Yeah, I would say it was a lot less, less hand-holding. They didn't say, okay, this is how you wake up at five. They just said, if you're not up by five, then you're going to have extra military instruction and you're going to, you know, we're going to have you swab the deck for six hours. So doesn't sound fun. It was, no, it's, it's not fun at all. It, so they use, you know, punishment as your <clears throat> motivation to say, if you don't get this done, here's what's going to happen to you. So in my eyes, it's a lot easier to wake up at five than it is to, you know, wake up at seven and then swab the deck for six hours. So I always went with the option that was, that was, um, that they were asking of me. So if you were to sort of set up, uh, like a military boot camp for people, you know, mm-hmm. like to build up, but you know, to get them to do like the battle bus, the battle bunker, etc. Do you think they're like physical benchmarks? every guy should do have you come across like a thing where you see people struggle you know i've seen you doing the squat challenges the like getting um fitness cheerleaders and that to do your challenge do you think there's a set limit that we should strive to be in our lives i do i do yeah i I believe that every age male or female i believe that there's a certain certain level that you should be able to attain Set aside from injuries, because every single person in this world, their story is different. But I do believe that it's very important to be well-rounded. You know, if you go out and you deadlift 500 pounds, okay, cool. But if you're running into a burning burning building, are you going to be able to run? How's your cardiovascular? Are you going to be able to, to lift a body out of that burning building? Or are you going to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, climb, things like that? So I, I do believe that humans should be able to perform when it is needed. And I'm not just saying for people in the military, because it's ultra important for them, but anybody can be walking on the side of the road and see a child in the middle of a street with a car coming. You should be able to run over to that child, be fast and be able to take that child to safety. I believe that every person should trust themselves to be able to do that. And I see people all the time, you know, ages 24, 25, healthy adults that can't move like that. And they don't, they don't train for, for speed, strength. I believe that every, every human should be capable of doing that. So when you're a battle bunker challenges people to like 3D, you know, it's like endurance, strength, speed, et cetera. 
how do you plan for that? How do you build up that athletic functionality? You know, how does the military, for example, teach you to be able to throw your injured comrade on your shoulder to to just keep pushing and pushing yourself when bullets are flying, etc.? They teach you certain ways and strategies like how to lift a human, but chances are when you're in the middle of a either a combat situation or when you're in the middle of an intense time-sensitive situation, chances are you're not going to remember that. The important mm-hmm. part is for you to remain functional enough. And how we plan for the battle bunker is we have a standard that we know is going to be tough, but we add the challenge aspect in there to really get the gears going. Because like I said, when you're in an intense situation, obviously we're not shooting bullets at people, but I feel like the next best thing is when you have a challenger. And when you say, okay, I need to beat this person because there are stakes or there's cash or, you know, whatever is on the line. When we bring people out to the battle bus, they may do 16 pull-ups because they have a crowd watching them, the cameras on them, and they're earning earning money. And we do it in a family-friendly way. Like I mentioned, we don't we don't punish people if they don't perform a certain way. We just increase the stakes so they can mm. perform. And when you're doing these sort of things, do you find that that's the problem with a lot of people is that they only do sort of one certain emotion? You know, do you do you find that when you set up the battle bunker when you used to have to find the key for the safes and stuff like that that cognitive challenge as well kind of threw people because we're not used to working the whole body as much as just physically or mentally with like computer games etc yeah for sure uh when people come visit the battle bunker they say oh you know after they attempt the challenge or complete the challenge, they usually say, I need to increase my blank because they realize in a situation like that, they realize their weak points. And that's what the battle bunker does is it shows people where they need to improve. And some people, you know, blow right past it and they're in great shape, which just kind of solidifies their thinking behind their training. And the cognitive aspect is definitely fun because you see people fumble and, all the time, you know, on the range, I was a master at arms. So we trained in, in weaponry all the time. And there's so much yelling and there's a running aspect that you have to do to get your heart rate up. And you're still thinking, okay, I have to fire two shots, reload my magazine, fire four at the back target, reload, fire the M4. So we're going through these courses of fire and the cognitive aspect, it's, it, it's a lot of fun because if you're not normally tested like that, a lot of people will see that as a roadblock. Because it's amazing when you watch some of your videos how when people suddenly have to go through the different lockers to find the key and you can see them kind of go, uh, because they're so pumped with adrenaline, they can't control it. And it's some phenomenal videos you got there. Do you see you. certain characteristics in these top performers? You know, these guys that come in, because you've worked with some amazing people, you know, like Demi Baggy, et cetera, who would love to get on the show. Have you had mm-hmm. like, do you notice similarities with the people who are at the top of their game? I do. Yeah. They, they boast confidence, you know, they, they walk around with confidence because they know that either they've done something like this before, or they can 
we call it in the Navy, we called it go, going into the black. If you go into the black, chances are you're forgetting what's happening around you. You're paralyzed by analysis and it's almost impossible to make it to the next step because your mindset is in the black. You're confused. You're rushed by adrenaline. So that's why I'm, I'm constantly talking to people through it because mm. I know that if they get caught, the time's ticking, their opponent's getting ahead, and it's a lot of stress on them to win. So that's why I'm constantly trying to talk them through it. So next time, if they are in a real-life situation, they'll be able to keep level-headed, stay you know, in the yellow mindset zone, and keep pushing forward. Because I love how you can do that. Like you're just running along doing the exact same thing as everybody. Don't look out of breath, you know, and your, your commentary to the camera, you know, you've got the facial expressions, you're, you make it as fun as watching it as well as I'm sure it is doing it. Thank you very much. Do you know what a Tough Mudder is? The, like the obstacle course. I recently did one. I used to think I was quite fit. 15K, 30 obstacles. Holy hell. I was just all over the place. Just knackered. And, do you think, is that something that you see people struggle with? It's that sudden little, like, use your whole body in a sort of, as one unit? Because I do jiu-jitsu, and suddenly, you know, squatting's fine. But when you're using your arm one way, your head is a post, your leg is a frame, and you're having to push, push up your hips, people struggle. Do you see oh. the military in that teaching these things better? I want to ask first, you finished the Tough Mudder, right? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I felt it for days. <laughs> well, it's probably because you do jujitsu. Jujitsu is a great exercise that works the entire body. You're hot, you're sweaty. It's a lot of cardio. It's similar to boxing. So the fact that you train in jujitsu probably allowed you to finish that tough mutter. A lot of people don't finish. And hmm. you you asked a question about the military. What was your previous question that you asked? It was to kind of see like, do you think Everybody should do sports like jiu-jitsu, combat sports, um, join these kind of like boot camps and things like that, where we're taught to use your body as a whole, like kids do. And we've almost forgotten because we go and play, you know, we go to the gym and squat or bench press for an hour. You know, we've we've become stiff. I believe it is very important. Yeah, it's, you know, if you're... If you're just training to bench press all the time, or if you're just going to the gym and, and working back, then when you, like as a father, when you're bending down to to pick up your child, or if your your child asks you to play in the backyard, you should be able to do that. And it goes back to those real life scenarios where, let's say if you are a father and your child is in danger, or if there is some type of a shooting, unfortunately, then you should be able to do the best that you can in order to perform in those situations. And I don't, I don't mean to bring this back to, to violent real life situations, but they do happen. They've been happening mm-hmm. for the history of the world. And I believe as a human being, it's important to be able to perform and defend in those situations. No, it's a great answer. I mean, and you may, you seem to have the best of both worlds. You were serving, your upper management were letting you going in and, you know, doing your videos and staying there. What was it that got you that point where you thought, I want this as a career? How did you overcome that fear to make such a change? Because you've turned this into a juggernaut. But, you know, was it that, was it a point where you thought, 
oh fuck um i've made a mistake you know i should have stayed in the service or was it that you you could see what you could do and you could take your talents and run with it it was both um when i first got out of the navy i struggled a lot i struggled because i had that schedule for seven years you know someone was telling me where to be what to do okay you show up here saturday at zero six you take the boats out and you're on watch for an hour and a half. They were telling me exactly where to be and what to do. And when I got out, I felt like I was just kind of floating in the air. And it was up to me to create my own schedule. I could see the potential and where I wanted to take it. But that vision was uphill. It's still uphill every single day. But I've learned to do small things in my schedule that give me momentum. And take it a day at a time. If you look at the big picture, like if you're setting out on a goal to lose 15 pounds or to gain 15 pounds or to deadlift 500 pounds, you're going to look at that whole package and say, okay, I'm going to have to hit the gym once, maybe twice a day. I'm going to have to do, you know, 70 total workouts. If you take it a day at a time, it's a lot less stressful and you can see the clearer picture. We navigate with steps. We don't navigate with leaps. So it, for anybody who's listening, you, you take it a day at a time. I always tell, like I used to help people lose weight in the Navy. I used to always tell them, when you look at this plan or this workout program, I don't even want you to look at day two. I don't want you to look at week three. I don't want you to look at week six. I want you to look at day one, week one. After it's done, you scratch it out and you forget about it. Next, week one, day two. When you're done with that, you scratch it out. Never have to look at it again. So doing that allows us to build momentum and to hone in on what we have to do at that certain time. And do you think that's like a great hack for people? It's to have like the almost military kind of timetable, you know, up at 600 you know get in breakfast by 6 30 work seven work out by eight you know having that making it as a system rather than you know exactly where you're going to be each minute of each day exactly yeah i mean things in my life and business have changed sometimes by by weekly you know we just landed a huge partnership with the, the training center in chula vista california awesome and I didn't know if it was going to happen. I was just constantly in pursuit every day. What can I do to help secure this? What can I do to help secure this? And I'm not the type where I say, everybody needs to be up at zero four thirty. Everybody needs to be in bed by nine because people have different work schedules. And I realized not everyone can deviate from that. So the last thing you said is schedule. Developing a consistent schedule will help a ton. And it's going back to one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits. That's probably the best book that I've ever read. Developing small hab- habits help build a chain of a greater life. And that's what I think everybody should, should think about every day is you have this chance to, to implement these small, small habits that don't take a lot of time at all, usually a few seconds. And it's going to lead to a lot greater success. 
I love that because I, I find I am only successful when I make something like a system you can't avoid it. You know, it's part of your life. It's built in your diary. You've said you've uh, had a hard time, you know, sort of feeling accomplished. Do you think that's a big part of why you've been so successful? That you're always looking to achieve your the journey is more fun than the destination for you. I think so. Yeah, I, I look back on what we've done with the Battle Bunker and the videos that we've created and, and the people that we've affected. And sometimes when you're when you're doing that every day, you don't you don't really see it. But when you look back over long term after implementing the, the scheduling, it 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 is a it's a big thing, you know, and I say that I hardly ever feel accomplished just because I see it now as a part of my mission. I really don't see a destination. Ultimately, I would love to have dozens, maybe hundreds of races worldwide every year. Maybe that's a destination, but the journey to get there is going to be, I, I love the challenge and I love just pursuing the journey. Because I love this community that you've built. Like everybody's so inspired, and you know, I love seeing comments like, "Oh, you've you've motivated me to work out. You're doing such an amazing thing." I mean, you started off initially kind of doing your own videos and you know the life of a sailor, etc. But you've also done some amazing challenges. What do you think is your best and worst challenge? You know, would it have been your skydive versus being tased, for example? You know, is, were there challenges that you look back and go, "Oh, never again," or you things you want to try? I told myself but before I skydived, I said, I'll, I'm never going to do this again. This is just, you know, one time for the experience with the army, but I want to go back and do it again. I, I don't see going back to your question about my favorite video. It's probably where we took Marcus Rogan. He was, he's 43 years old. He's a psychologist, a performance psychologist. And we had him go through the Navy SEAL physical screening test, included a swim, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, and a run. And that was probably one of my most favorite videos because Marcus, still at 43, going through all of that stuff showed people from you know 18 all the way up into their 50s that age really is just a number. And... Hmm. You know, he, he did a great job and the video, it reached a lot of people, inspired millions of people. I think it is closing in on eight or nine million views now. So that's probably one of my favorite, favorite videos. Because I love how like a lot of people are interested in the military, but have never served. So you, they get to see all these unique performers. Have you noticed a similarity or difference in how like the, the parkour guy will compete against the breeding guy? Do you see the kind of standard approach to fitness? Because I, I came from a farm built background. So, I mean, I'm used to hail bays, bales on your shoulder, feeding sheep on rough ground, etc. Do you see people struggle who haven't got the multi background because they're not used to unbalanced weights and pushing themselves in these challenges like you would get in the military? Sometimes, yeah. I wouldn't say... You know, you can only do this. I never say you can only do this if you've been in the military, but mm. I do see a, a different mindset b between people who have been in the military and people who haven't. I also see people that have been in the military that 
aren't as fun- functional as, let's say, a, a taekwondo master or um, a, a parkour guy. It's just a different level of training. And yeah, I say every every person is their own. I think a lot of the excitement behind people wanting to watch the Battle Bunker episodes is seeing that specific person. What MOS did they have in the military? What did they do in the military versus mm-hmm. this guy that wasn't in the military? What type of training do they do? And so on and so on. It, I mean, that, that is something amazing about it. It's like you're, like you're always evolving this. You know, you're always pushing your your channel and adding to the battle bunker and making it bigger and better. And I love these videos where you take normal people or people outside of their their standard protocols, their standard kind of fitness or career. So have there been people who've really surprised you? You know, I mean, you've had like James Charles, you've had cheerleaders, you know, you've had Sarah. What, what's what have you noticed about people who've done this and what have you, what do you notice they've learned about themselves by going through the battle bunker? People that have surprised me. Yes. We have, um, my roommate actually, well, uh, one of my video guys, he's currently staying with us, but he, he looks like a bodybuilder. It looks like he doesn't do any cardio, anything, but he's very fast on his feet and he's very, he's very, cardiovascularly inclined. So the episode with him versus the SWAT guy, even though overall the SWAT guy got more points. Yeah, that was, it was surprising to me to see him perform like that. And there are people that come out that are into sports all the time and they don't perform well at all. We we've shot three or four episodes that we just haven't posted because people quit. And mm-hmm. that's, it's always surprising to me when, when people quit because they, they're coming on the show. They know what it is. They know that it's going to be a kick in the rear end and they just stop. So ultimately I would like for them not to stop because I want to see them push themselves, but some people just can't handle the workouts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm surprised yeah. all the time. I mean, I remember the days where you used to have to carry stuff up the giant hill, you know, when you at uh, the very start. And after you, they had really pushed themselves, and you could see people struggling, like wanting to give up, but they knew it was like there was some um, cognitive characteristic that they, you know, what what keeps you pushing on? What are you, how are you taught in the military to push on, even when exhausted, to keep putting one foot in front of the other and just get the job done? Just like you said, it's it's focused on one foot in front of the other. You have a mission to accomplish and there's no option to say no. There's no option to quit. Mm. And you just have to have to keep pushing forward, take it a, a step at a time. I like if you ever see me singing or, you know, smiling super, super big, you know, it's because I'm under stress. I like to battle my stress with like a joke that I think in my head or a song. <laughs> and yeah, so. So keeping beats out there at the battle bunker, even though I'm running around all the time, I'm having to remember specific lines that I want to say. I'm having to remember times. I'm having to remember their names. I'm having to remember what obstacle they're on and what they're doing. It's that that supersedes the cardiovascular part for me because I'm constantly thinking about something. So if you can just think about something, one thing, or just look at the trees passing you by, it's going to help a lot more, but in the, in the military, there's no option to, to stop or, or stop going.
It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. I suppose that's the thing is when you're in a life or death situation, the last thing you want to do is give up. And do you yeah, find, but... like, is that what you do with, like, the, the normals, the civilians that would come in? You kind of just get them into this habit of, like, focus on your breathing, focus on the next step. Do you find that it's, like, people learn about themselves? They grow as a person from doing the battle bunker? Yes, for sure. We we talk about being able to perform in regular situations. I see the battle bunker as not this impossible obstacle course. I see it as the new one is, is 22 obstacles. So just take it an obstacle at a time. And there's no, of course, we allow the competitors to warm up, to, to get ready, to, to stretch a little bit if they want. But I'm motivating them in real time in the videos. You know, I'm talking to them. I'm, I'm maybe yelling at them. And I do this to, to help them conquer the next obstacle. So how did you find that transition then from, you know, the control, the timetable the schedule of the military where you had your orders etc to suddenly being the creative outlet for this channel and it's suddenly on you now to push it and to get you know the the difference between making videos and being a good host and also juggling the making sure you get the quality and the building the brand etc how you know how did you go from restricted in a way with the military to suddenly oh, this is on me now to make a living. Uh, it, I didn't really focus on doing it full time until I was probably four or five months before I got out of the Navy. It never really hit me that those checks would stop until the next week rolled around when I got out and I didn't receive a check. So all I wanted was to just be able to, to pay myself um, the exact amount that was needed in order for me to just survive out here in California. It's very expensive. I pay myself $3,200 a month, way below average or median household income, way below median salary. And mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to keep pushing forward. I, a lot of YouTubers, they, you know, do whatever they buy themselves a Lambo or, or, or whatever, but the quality in the videos comes from me saving that budget to work with people who know what they're doing. I've, I've started working with a guy, his name's Ivan and he's been in film and production for 16 years as a freelancer. And I've also worked with, you know, probably dozens of other camera crew sound people and being able to, have them take that off my plate, have them worry about production. How the shots look has been a game changer for the production. It wasn't always like that. I used to give a friend of mine $25 a day to film with me. His name was Tony. 
And, you know, footage was nothing against Tony, but I was taking him from a high school kid who helped me film for my channel. And the, the quality wasn't mm. always like that. So we invest a lot into the quality, a lot into the stabilization, drone shots, the editing, the motion graphics, everything. And it, it all comes from me being frugal enough to be able to invest that money back into the production. Because, I mean, even the start video, even the original videos were were really great, you know, had good quality and even just the scope of them was amazing. I mean, I get, I still need to get a background from behind me. You know, I keep saying, I'm going to build this amazing look and, and I get all yeah. these guys with studios and I'm like, oh, here we go. But how do you learn to juggle that? I mean, you said you were self-taught, you know, the YouTube, building the brand, being the businessman like ordering packages and stuff like that and building the, you know, the course yourself, et cetera. How do you juggle such conflicting demands? They don't all come at once. If I was hit with a lot of things at once, I probably wouldn't be able to perform or an area of the business would suffer. So hmm. as we're adding these variables in, you know, it started with just creating videos on Saturday during the military and we would create, upload, create, upload, didn't focus on views, didn't focus on revenue. I would just focus on how to make the videos better, uh, a more engaging and inspiring experience. And throughout the last you know, two years, we started adding in variables like, okay, we'll, we're, we'll email the liability waivers instead of doing it on site. So I don't have to pay the camera guys as much because they're not there for an additional hour. An additional hour means 300 to $400 out of my pocket to pay our camera crew. So just little things like that. I, I say all the time, standardize and then optimize. When we had standardized the videos where we were shooting every you know Saturday or, or every week, it gives you a good chance to optimize. Okay, this time I'll bring ice and water from the house instead of stopping by and, and a gas station and buy it. Just very, very small variables like that build uh, a great production. And we've been able to optimize like that. Because yours was the sort of first story I'd heard for a while where you were just like, I didn't know. I just went out and learned it. You know, I needed to learn how to swim better. So I went and watched YouTube. You know, you're you're somebody who just gets on with it. I noticed that you've got such a positive mindset. You know, do you think that's what's kept you going, this sort of positivity, but also the, you know, you're never wanting to settle. So you've got the battle bus bunker up. You've got the, you you know, you suddenly decided to take fitness to the masses. It's, you know, you, you keep challenging yourselves. Have you always been like this, do you think? No, not at all. I, I mentioned at the very start of this interview that when I was about 24, 25, I wanted to be better. And mm. there's so many people out there that have this these huge wishes and visions. And the only thing they lack is execution. It's probably the other, other way around for me. I have the execution, but I lack the knowledge. But executing gives me the knowledge and in any realm, you know, if I if I say uh, I want some, just for example, if I say I want some metal business cards, the typical person may say, "Well, I don't know where to get them," so they just don't pursue it. So I go out and actually buy business cards, and I look at them and I say, "Okay, this needs to change. This needs to change. This needs to change." And in turn, it allows me to optimize. So next time that I buy metal business cards, I may want to say, okay, they need to be four inches by two inches. They need to be centered, you know, and so on and so on. And this is just, this is just a reference, but it happens with, with anything. When I had the idea 
for the bus, I said, okay, the first step I need to do is just get a bus, just, just get a van. That's the first thing I need to do. I'm not going to worry about wrapping it. I'm not going to worry about putting tires on it, whatever. I just need to get a bus. So I honed in on that. Hmm. I found the, the bus. And I didn't look at this big vision. Like I need to get a bus. I need to wrap it. I need to put some gear behind it. I need to get a pull-up bar. I need to film these episodes. I need to edit the episodes and I need to upload the episodes. Typical person, if they're looking at that process, they're seeing seven potential roadblocks in their way. But I just honed in on the first one. Okay, get the bus. After I had the bus, you know, I, I knew I had it in the bag. Then I wrapped it. Then I put the mud tires. Just step by step. Execution allows you to, to, to get the ball rolling on the project and then optimize it on the way. I love that. I love that, Luke, that standardize and then optimize. Because so, like you're saying, so many people just go, nah, it's too much work. They'll drop out. I like how you just get going and then find your way as you go. But I mean, you you have this knack of connecting with people. You know, you've had people from all walks of life and you're just so likable. Um, like, you know, you're exactly as I see you on the channel speaking to Thank you. you. Do you think that's something that you're taught in the military, this brotherhood, this connection with others? What have you learned about networking, building friendships and connections from the military on the show? I have this, I guess I've never really spoken about this before, and it's kind of hard to put in words, but the military, it doesn't really teach you networking. It teaches you confidence. Confidence to speak to people, confidence to kind of get out of your comfort zone because all the time you have to go into boards, you have to do public speaking. There's no class on public speaking. They may say, "Hey, I want you to get up in front of the whole Harbor Patrol Command and explain this boat this boat program." And you are taught to go with your best instinct, present it in the the way that you think is is best possible, and then it will be changed or the plan will be, you know, edited or revised. I think of this as the same way with every human interaction. I want it to be positive. I want to bring, bring energy and positivity into the conversation. And I, I'm a great listener. So when I say, I ask people, Hey, what's your name? Ryan. And then I'm repeating Ryan throughout the entire process because Mm -hmm. this Helps people relate. Okay, he remembers my name. He's really cheering for me and he's really rooting for me. So that's that's just the way I approach it. I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And if it's one thing that I've pulled from that book is a good, solid first, first impression. And if you remember somebody's name, focus on those two and then your relationship from then on will be great. And I think this is reflected through the videos when I take the time to say, what's your name? Aaron, Aaron, I like your shoes. Great, great color there. It's energetic. You know, if uh, some, some guy brought a pink shaker bottle the other day, so what's your name? John, John, I love your shaker bottle. It means you're very confident. Let's go confident, John. You know, I just kind of, it's, it's hard to break down into, into words, but that's just the way that I've, I've approached conversations probably in the last 10 years. And I didn't learn that until I was probably 25, 26 Mm -hmm. and in relation to networking, the, the same exact thing comes from networking. If you remember somebody's name and remember something specific about that person uh, and you're a great listener, people will gravitate to you. 
I mean, it certainly comes across in your personality, you know, this sort of warm, friendly openness. And I think that's something you notice in the videos because you act like that, that, you know, you push people, like you become their almost like their personal cheerleader. They get an extra couple of reps in that they probably didn't think they could manage. They, they get inspired by you, that you kind of push them on. And, you know, it's, I don't know if the videos would work as well if you weren't doing them, if you weren't as part of them and helping out. I love the relationship you have with Sarah. You know, like I watched one of your videos recently where you made her go through the marine test mm-hmm. and I was laughing the way through, but you could see the dynamic, the connection, this amazing relationship you have. For a single guy like myself, who looks like a serial killer just now, what would you recommend? How can people find that? What's that relationship taught you about life, about what's important, do you think? Number one is be authentic. I think if, if you're authentic, it, it allows you to be different because every person is different. And I don't mean, I know it sounds cliche, but it, it's true. Be authentic. Um, and that's, you know, if you want to, if you want to tell someone something, tell them if you have something to say, or if you feel like you need to confront someone for their wrongdoing or something they didn't like confront that person, be authentic. Um, one thing about Sarah and I is I love her to death, but we're authentic. If she, she doesn't like that, I put a bowl in there with oatmeal and I didn't put water in it because it hardens. If I don't, then she's going to tell me. And I, I love that about mm-hmm. her. She's very straightforward. Uh, and I'm the same way. So being authentic allows you to really be able to read someone and read what, what they do and don't like over the long-term, a long-term relationship or a long-term friendship. Cause I remember that interview where you said it was the first person that made you want to be a better person for, you want you to change yourself to be a better person to, yes. for her, you know, and that's what I think we're all seeking in life. And it's, I mean, do you think part of that is by the, the attraction that you've you met this change that you both went through this personal journey that she's helped you as well how have you kind of become fit throughout your life you know are you journaling visualization do you spend you know have the difference between time with sarah and the time on the business etc what habits do you put in to keep yourself fit in your everyday life sarah is She's always been the type to, and this is so hard to teach. It's so hard to, to take someone who's not used to doing this and then have them do it. Sarah's always been driven. And I I saw that in her from the beginning, Mm -hmm. Uh, driven to get her degree, driven to travel and become a travel nurse, driven to create more income, driven to become a better person in her fitness career. And as time passes, we learn things about each other every day. And Sarah, she, she can adapt to something that she feels is healthy, like waking up earlier. Recently, we've been waking up, you know, pushing it back almost like 10 or 15 minutes every morning. This morning, we woke up at 445. And she's, she's more than willing to make those changes. And I, I'm as well, if I think it's, it's going to be better for us, you know, if it gives, gives us an extra hour or 30 minutes to walk the dogs by ourselves in the morning, but we've implanted, you know, probably not a whole lot, but three or four different things that we do in the morning and at night that helps our relationship. And we don't really 
spend the time. We don't do date nights a whole lot. Maybe like twice this year we've, we've had a date night, but those, like I said, those small shifts in schedule or your scheduling is what really is, is great for us. So we'll wake up pretty early in the morning, no phones, no checking emails. And we will go take the dogs for a 30, 45 minute walk down the road. Sometimes we'll just even go, you know, a mile more because I enjoy the, the time with her. And the same thing as at, at night, 9.30, if I'm not off of the computer, she will come get me off the computer. And sometimes it's annoying because I want to keep working. Hmm. But she says, you better be in this room at 9.30. Before I get into the room, we set all our phones, iPads, computers, whatever. In her room, we set the alarms. We set three or four of them. And we'll go to bed and we'll maybe read for 10, 15 minutes. We'll talk. And then the next morning... Um, it repeats. So yeah, the, the, the scheduling uh, really helps us a lot. I don't know if that answers your question. Hopefully it did. No, it definitely does. I mean, I, I love that, that you ha- you found somebody that you can have that kind of relationship with, because I know from running my own podcast, how nerve wracking it is. You're always thinking about things. You're always juggling and you're always going from one interview to the next. And to have somebody that you can do that and to have somebody that, you know, you prioritize what's important in your life. And it's great that you have that, that you have that kind of like central point that you can reconnect yourself and center yourself with. It's something I'm def- I would love to get back to. I mean, Tinder is just a nightmare just now. It's like its own battle bunker. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what has like YouTube taught you? You know, would you have done the same path again? Because you've said in another interview that you kind of had regrets about what you felt were wasted years up until you joined. Do you yeah. think, were they not the making of you that you needed? Because I've had the point where you hate your life so much that it makes you change. Do you think you needed that journey or would you change it at all? I, I, I didn't I didn't hate my life at all before I, I joined and I look back and that I didn't hate my life back then. I just wish, wish I had somebody to steer me on the right path that calls me out and says, Hey, you don't need to be, you know, eating Zaxby's every Friday night or going to CC's pizza. All you can eat every Thursday and wasting your time on a Saturday and sleeping late. I wish I had somebody there that, Kind of like how the military did. I wish I had somebody there when I was, you know, even going through high school to kick me into shape. I would have played sports. I would have been out and about, but I was kind of like a little nerd. I enjoyed video games. That's part of the reasons I, I, I dropped out of college, staying, staying up late, playing Call of Duty late and just not wanting to wake up for school the next morning. No structure, no schedule. And I look back now and I feel like part of my youth was wasted because I could have been spending that making myself better. And who knows if I started when I was 18, mm-hmm. the same way that I, I changed when I was 24 to 25, who knows where I would be today. I mean, the flip side of that is you might not have even gone down that path if you did have somebody there and maybe you needed to go on this path to be the person that it's inspiring so many other people now. I mean, Very I, true. I certainly never had it. Um, You know, I wish I had somebody like that. But I love watching your videos and I go, okay, right, I need to go for a cycle. I need to go for a run. You know, you're probably that person, like the mentor that a lot of people don't have 
to inspire them, to motivate them. You know, like how many people are walking past and go, I'm going to go over and I watch that. I'm going to give that a try because you're there, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, everybody goes, oh, YouTube's just a bit of fun. But for some people, it can be life-changing. You know, like the right video to the right person can change their life. Have you had any sort of like amazing transformations that you've noticed in somebody? Do you keep in touch with anybody in the videos? Yeah, not necessarily in the videos. I mean, I got an email yesterday from a guy named Jesus. And when I first built the Battle Bunker the, the following summer, I had the idea to invite 10 subscribers out. And we invite, I believe we invited 12 and 10 took the time. They, they bought their own ticket. They bought their own hotel and they were there and they came out to the battle bunker and they, we just had a great time. We made a, we did make a video out of it. They ran through the course and he emailed me about, you know, a year later and he said, Hey, I'm uh, I just want to send you this graduation invitation because Coming to the Battle Bunker, it was a, a pivotal point in my life. Being there mm. and being with you guys, it almost brings me to tears talking about it. But he said it was a it was a pivotal point in my life. And being there, being out there with y'all just realized, made me realize that I need to change. I need to become a better person. And we have people all the time. We have a, a, a free four-week pull-up program for people that they can't do pull-ups. And one guy downloaded it. And within two weeks, he had achieved his first two pull-ups. So he he jumped straight from not being able to do any pull-ups to two pull-ups in two weeks. And he emailed me. He said, hey, this is the greatest plan that I've ever taken. Hmm. And it just makes me feel incredible. And that's why I say we don't really sell any products is because it's a lot easier to get people on board when they when they don't purchase. But it's also sometimes the the financial connection to a product that somebody buys is you know motivates them to do it as well so i just like to for people to hey it's real easy download this and get into it if it's life-changing for them he'll probably remember that date forever you know in 2022 i achieved my first pull-up in 23 years of life i've never been able to pull it before so we, we yeah we get comments and emails all the time and it makes me feel fulfilled oh it's epic i mean that that's the thing you're you're not selling them fitness you're inspiring them and that's something not a lot of people have in their life you know maybe they've got a missing father figure maybe they've always been out of shape they've never had anybody that's kind of been there for them to be so to have somebody like you who comes in and pushes them and goes come on one more rep and you know that then they maybe use that discipline in another area of their life and it you know, that little fire can be like the spark can be the passion igniter later on. Exactly. What? Yeah. And then sometimes when it, when it ignites, it never stops burning. Hmm. I mean, you should be super proud of the videos you've done. Like you've done some phenomenal videos. Like it's hard to even start. Like, I mean, where would you say to somebody, is there like three videos you would want them to go to? Is there something that you're most proud of that you want them to check out? Or should they just follow the journey from the start? I think, yeah, following the journey, I think it would be a, a great, it'd be a huge time commitment because I have 280 videos. But <laughs> if, I gave, <laughs> if I gave them three videos, it would probably be go watch Stan the Life of a Navy Sailor. I talk about, you know, small implementations of my schedule that I've made and how I'm able to 
create videos and juggle between work-life balance. The second would probably be, hmm, it would probably be the building of the Battle Bunker Obstacle Course because I kind of explain the shifting of my mindset and my idea and my hope going into it. You know, I was I was in fear a lot back then because I was spending a lot of money, like thirty grand, to build that obstacle course that I hoped people would go to and that I hoped people would enjoy the series. And <clears throat> the third one would probably be, hmm, maybe the video with Marcus attempting the Olympic uh, swimmer test, just so they can kind of get an idea of the quality and the storylines that we tell. Some great choices there. And one of like one of my PhD students, like I work full time as well. He's looking at the transition of like he's a GC, um, he's a military champion that we we call him in the UK. So he works with like the military, the army, etc. And he's looking at people who are transitioning out of the army and the services, and how they're not really given life skills to transition into civilian life. What would you change about your own transition? For people who are coming out of the military, is there advice you would give them about it? I mean, I've spoken to other people who have said, I didn't know how to write checks. I didn't know how to balance my checkbook, for example, because I just didn't need to do it. I didn't know how to find out who my energy supplier was. Mm-hmm. Are there tips for people, do you think, who are going into the next step of their journey? Yeah, for sure. I, I struggled a lot with just uh, speaking to people. You know, in the military, you have, I, I got out, I was an E5, so I had a certain amount of boat crews under me and I had to, you know, answer to my higher ups. And it's not like it is in the civilian world at all. Uh, it's a lot more relaxed in the civilian world. People don't, they're not under such pressure all the time. And it, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because. When I am speaking to people, I forget that, hey, these people are here. Of course, I'm paying them, but it's pretty much volunteer. They don't have to be here. So I had to adjust the way that I I spoke to people because they could easily just quit and I'm without a crew. You know, they're not locked into a contract. They can just say, okay, see you later. So it, it is easier for me to work with with veterans because they they understand like there's no... They, they understand what's at hand. You know, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to send follow-up emails, stuff like that. So I would definitely implement a learning how to use civilian lingo and learning how to fit back into the workplace because I think a lot of veterans come in, they still have that, that crude humor that you can get sued for in the, in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the civilian world. And maybe just having four or five zoom consultations with a civilian that understands uh what they're going through that just to help them learn how to speak to people again and i'm not i'm not talking about just using english because obviously you speak english in the military and you know how to to verbally speak i'm i mean tone of voice i mean approach to the conversation thought before confrontation things like that is what i is what i really struggle with and if you had your time again, do you think you would still sign up? Would you still have made that decision? Do you think it's given yeah. your life? Yeah, yeah. I, I, The urgency that I work under, I love it. Sometimes I don't meet deadlines, but 
I, I love the urgency. I love it's just a great feeling. That's that's how I, I work. You know, if something has to be done, think about the best way to get there and then do it. So, yeah, I tell people all the time, the best thing that I've ever done in my life is join the Navy. And I tell people the second best thing that I've ever done in my life is get out of the Navy. <laughs> no, so hold on. And, you know, you've done this amazing thing. You know, you've built a juggernaut, this phenomenal channel, this brand that you're moving on with. You know, you're always evolving. What do you want the evolution of your brand to be? How do you want to take this? I heard you talk before about you wanted to have a place where, like the public who come and work, you know, challenge themselves. Is that still a goal or have you got a bigger dream, do you think? Yeah, that's that's on the horizon. Less than a month, we'll be building the Battle Bunker 2.0. I think I'm going to change the name to, to DEFCON, but we're building the ops course inside the Chula Vista Elite Athlete Training Center, which is a place that elite athletes go and train. And they have hotels there. They have cafeteria. So it is a place where the public can can come and we're going to open it up for the public to to be able to come and get a get a battle bunker experience whether spectating or competing uh chances to win cash prizes and the chances maybe even to to come to a big competition i love it i love how you're just never settling you're always looking for the next challenge the the next push and it's always you're always just finding your way and it's so refreshing to see somebody who just goes i don't know how to find that I'll go and learn how to do that. You know, you've done this amazing work. You're inspiring so many people. I can't believe we've been on for an hour. feels like 10 minutes. So I'd love to do a round two at some point, you know, and we can go into deeper stuff. But what do you want people to take from this? What would you like them to remember as uh, the message from this interview? I think a lot of people believe that they are destined to, to do something. And if I gave someone a billion dollars and i said what are you going to do if they're not going to continue to do what they're doing i think they're in the wrong place i even asked myself if someone gave me a billion dollars would i still be building the battle bunker would i still be making these videos of course i may you know get a couple of houses but that doesn't mean i wouldn't continue to do what i'm doing so take a good look at what you're doing and you know where where you work, who your friends are, and if that's not exactly what you want to do, and exactly if your life's not exactly how you want it, you have the ability to fine tune how your life is going to be. It may be a, a a journey, you know, like my journey still every single day, like I mentioned before, uphill. But take a good look, deep dive at what you're doing, what you want to do. If it, if you're not doing that right now. Find a way to change it and find a way to get there. Love it. And then that'll help so many people. And well, until we can get you back on and do a round two, how can we keep in touch? How can we find out more about um, DEF CON? How can we find out about your, like, subscribe to your channel? How can we find you on social media and that sort of thing? Yes. Um, so my YouTube channel is Austin Alexander. We do a lot on TikTok as well. That's at the Battle Bunker. I think if you type in just the, it will pop up. And the hub is probably going to be thebattlebunker.com or the Battle Bunker Instagram. That's where we make announcements. We do, we, we keep everybody updated on what's going on. And yeah, follow the journey. Love to have you all there.
Well, that's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.